0: To the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowercat.com's
2: Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Insiders. Tim Fitzgerald, Brian Hanley, then down at the bottom. Not that I'm judging, not that I'm saying they're lower than us. This is Glib Kinley and Tim Everson. We got a kind of a hodgepodge of uh, lower thirds on our screens. I'll I'll fix that while we're all talking. Guys, uh, that was a fun game to watch. If you enjoyed dental work, of course, we're recapping Kansas State losing at Oklahoma State Uh, 29-21. It was just awful. Um, And, uh, Brian, I'm going to get into it. You brought it up, and it was on my mind. Uh, guys, that was the softest K-State football performance I've seen in a very long time. And soft is the word I have chosen, particularly, I I just thought they had no desire. They didn't want to be physical. They looked entitled to victory. That was what Texas does, not Kansas State. Brian. hundred percent. You're absolutely right.
0: Uh, I thought it was just what you said. It was a soft football game. We didn't come out with any fire. Didn't want to tackle. Got pushed around both sides of the ball. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can say. I'm not going to go into to everything because they'll throw me off the airwaves. But the bottom line <laughs> We'd be here for too long, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just... That, that was a bad football game. And, yeah, and all good. the way around. I mean, it, it wasn't coached well either. It no? wasn't coached well either. So, you know, as much as we want to bag and rag on the players, and they deserve it, it, it was a poorly executed poorly coached it was just a poor football game from kansas state i don't think i've seen one that bad since maybe the that debacle against arkansas state maybe Uh, or the blowout against iowa state i don't know but it it was bad
3: it was bad tim you were there um unfortunately was it worse in person
1: uh it, it definitely wasn't fun in person it was weird because the vibe uh going into the game you know they're they had a nice crowd there because they they always do, but you could tell that you know no one was particularly excited, you know, coming mm-hmm. into the game Oklahoma State fan wise. So it's not like there was really even a, a a vibe about the game at all. It was just kind of a I don't know. I mean, it almost felt like it, you know, okay, we got to go to this game. Let's go to the game. <laughs> let's do this. And then neither team was playing particularly well. I mean, Oklahoma State no. fans are excited that they're playing slightly less crappy than mm. K State is, but and that's overall, all it took to win. And that's all it took. Yeah. That's mm. all it took. Um it was not, it was would not make my list of of, of top five favorite <laughs> roads.
3: <laughs> I just realized I have the wrong header up uh there. Now we're okay. right. My God, I'm out of control. I've got so much going on here. Uh, We were live.
2: The logo on the side. I'm all over the place.
3: Maybe if I put in more than three seconds of preparation for today's show i would have gotten it no no that's not what i'm about glenn uh i'm sure you've watched the replay um have you developed a drinking problem since watching that replay (laughs)
2: uh it was painful i mean sir i i was at i was covering high school football on friday night so i had it on a little bit but didn't really watch it a ton and then i wanted to make sure i knew what i was talking about so i watched it back and it was um, hard to watch. The The problem is not that K-State lost to Oklahoma State in Stillwater and not that K-State lost to a bad Oklahoma State team in Stillwater, but they lost to a bad Oklahoma State team in Stillwater that played very poorly. Oklahoma right. State didn't yes. play good. It, it's not like Oklahoma State came out of the bye week and we said, well, this is just a different Cowboy team. They actually look really good. These guys are going to win five, six more games. It, they looked like what they looked like the weeks before they didn't, they maybe threw a few different plays and, and the quarterback maybe ran or something, which we didn't expect, but it wasn't like they came out and looked a ton better than they had looked in previous weeks. Um, it, that fourth quarter truly felt like both teams were begging the other side to win. Yeah. Like, I don't want to win. Would you please win? No, I refuse to win. And my, one of my coworkers is an OSU alum and, and, she didn't even rub it in my face at all because she's like, I don't even feel like I can. Like we look so bad. I don't even feel like we won. It's like you guys just lost. You know, it's like and, and I'm paraphrasing there, but but it just it was ugly. And it if it it would be one thing if Oklahoma State came out and beat them, but it felt like K-State played very poorly and still had every opportunity to win the game late and just couldn't capitalize on on any of those mistakes. And it was um frustrating and and i think that would probably sum up the uh i think will howard was frustrated after the game i think chris klein was just disappointed and i and i don't even mean just in his guide i think he in himself and in his coaching staff he just seemed bummed out like man it, that was not good he said he said it. he goes we're not a good football team right now he didn't you yep. it, and i appreciate it, but he didn't even seem frustrated as much as just disappointed. It's like when your parents, when they say, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. That's what Ooh. Chris, that's what it felt like Chris Kleiman was saying Ooh. after the game. And Will Howard was, he was unhappy as he should be. He, they, they said the right things post game. They took responsibility, but my goodness, they got a lot to clean up.
3: So Brian, you've been around this football program for more than 25 years since arriving in Manhattan in 97. Um, I, there's one simple truth, no matter how much success Kansas state has had in the past or will have in the future at Kansas State, you can't take anything for granted. Yes, you can't assume anything. One of the hallmarks of K State athletics, when it's successful, is the guys leave it all on the field, or gals leave it all on the field, um, because that's the K State way. That's that's what you do if you wake up every night and you got, or every morning and you got to go uh, milk the cows, or you know go do whatever – I'm not an ag person, but it's kind of the culture of K-State. You just get to work and get it done, and you don't complain, and you don't take anything for granted. Brian, I feel like this team took winning for granted after last year's success, and they forgot why they had success last year, is they didn't take it for granted. They worked their asses
0: off. Absolutely. I, I think that's part of the problem here is that – uh, and maybe – some of the media, myself included, maybe we're part of that problem telling them how good they are. Yep. Uh, but my problem is they are good, but that doesn't mean that you still don't have to work hard. That's what the best teams always do. Yeah, we're good. We know we're good, but we're still going to outwork you, and that's what the best football teams, or just the best teams in any sport, that's what they do. And I believe that K State has forgotten that and thought, okay, well, we'll just turn it on. We'll just turn mm-hmm. it on. Well, I'm sorry. Look, as good as K-State is, they're not the type of team or have the type of athlete that just are going to turn it on and go out and beat somebody. That's just not who we are. We've never been that. You go out, you work during the week, you get as good as you possibly can, prepare, and go win the football game. And that's not what happened. They just thought, okay, well, yeah, we had a bad first half or a bad first quarter or a bad play. We'll just Mm -hmm. go to the next play and we'll just flip a switch. Yeah, they're not flipping a switch. And quite frankly, unless they get back to work and figure out the root of that problem, they're not going to be able to flip a switch this mm-hmm. season.
2: Brian, to me, this is, I don't want to say this is the worst loss of the Chris Kleiman era, but this is by far the biggest gap between what we think, how good we think the team is and how they played. There was times when, in, since Kleiman's got here, where they've gotten beat badly and played very but some but maybe that team wasn't that great, or maybe they, they right. were banged up. This time, it feels like on a scale of 1 to 10, you might have a team that's 9, and they played like 2 or 3, and we haven't seen that. We've seen them get badly. We've seen them they're just not that good. We haven't seen them play this poorly when we feel like the potential is this high. It, it The discrepancy there between what they can be and what they were on Friday was, was larger than I've ever seen. Well, going and off that, one thing go about
0: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
2: no, you,
1: no you're fine. I, I was going off that. I'm looking it up because I was curious. Um, five times since Chris Kleiman has taken over, K-State has been a double-digit favorite and has not covered the spread. Four Mm -hmm. times have been losses. Two of those times were Arkansas State and Tulane. I feel like you can kind of throw those out. The third was the West Virginia game from Chris Kleiman's first season at West Mm -hmm. Virginia, and then Saturday. And so, you know, it, it, it may feel... You know, an eight-point loss Joe Oklahoma State doesn't feel like, well, that's not a terrible loss. But really, when you kind of look at how it kind of shapes up, it it, it does kind of rank up there as one of the more puzzling losses.
0: Yeah, and what I hope that doesn't happen because this can happen with teams. Now, look, we've talked about how strong the locker room is mm. and all those things, but look, losing a game like this the way that they lost it it only takes a little bit to, to creep in just a little bit to seep in and kill a locker room. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that the guys understand that, you know, and say, Hey man, we got to stick together. We got to fight together. We lost this together and we got to stick and stick together and fight. Because again, you get a, just a, I mean, just a tiny bit of either mm-hmm. doubt or dissension and that'll crush a locker room. It'll crush it
3: okay so in the non-pandemic seasons right i'm throwing out 2020 because that was so wacky anyhow chris Kleiman is a one in four coming off off weeks One one in four brian it seems to me that it's time to do something different i will ask him about that or i'll make tim do it on, on <laughs> tuesday at the press conference uh whatever they're doing isn't working and and i noticed as that because uh, we, we had a press conference during the off week, we didn't talk to players, but we did talk to them the following Tuesday, and they all talked about all the cool stuff they did. They went home, they sat around, and played a game. I feel like they're losing their momentum from the season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you can give them a physical, an, an opportunity to relax, relax physically. Maybe take it, you know, less strenuous on the practice field, but mentally. I feel like they, they took a vacation and then tried to come back. And I I do this on vacations. When I come back, I'm pretty useless. Well, I'm usually useless anyhow. I'm more useless <laughs> after vacations. I just don't feel like they were engaged in any way in, in what needed to be done. They didn't seem to uh, execute the whatever the game plan was, failed, and the coaches didn't get them into new stuff. Just nothing went right. And I nope. think it started uh, the entire week before the game, Brian.
0: Well, look, there's a way to do it. I mean, uh, Coach Snyder had a way to do it. Other coaches had a different way to do it. You can work your guys and get them mentally prepared and still give them the weekend off. Right. You, that can happen. You know, right. you can work your guys all week and have a, a tough practice on Thursday and then just say, you guys got the rest of the weekend, but we're going to come back Sunday night or Monday and we're going to hit the, the hit the thing running. So there's a way to do it and, and still have your guys engaged and still have – because a lot of people look forward to a bye week, look forward to, to maybe going home if they haven't been home in a while. So I understand all of that, but there's a way that you can keep your guys engaged and whatever's going on isn't working. And, and look, I'm never going to be the guy that says, well, you got to do it the Coach Snyder way. I, I'm just – I don't believe in that, but I also believe that – if you're one and four after bye weeks, mm-hmm. I also believe that you can't continuously do the same thing expect a different result. I know that, and it so feels happened, and
2: Brian it doesn't work. And it feels like uh, he talked. Cliven talked a lot last week during the bye week, uh, about or a couple weeks ago, I guess I should say, about the development of some younger guys and, and how they use the week more reps for some of their guys that could be red shirting or that could end up playing a little bit. And I, I think like. Get the impression, I could be wrong. I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the practice. I don't know. I get the impression they use that bye week, elemental uh, week, and then use the game week as a normal game week. And that's good unless your opponent those two weeks to, pre- and now you them one normally, and Oklahoma State prepped for you for two weeks because they needed a win. And I, I, again, I could be wrong. I get the impression that's kind of what happened. And I wonder if, if in the future, they're going to have to say, that's great. We want to develop guys in K-State takes a ton of pride in developing guys and they got to do that. But, but we, we can't wait till Monday of the game week to start looking at Oklahoma state or whoever it is that we're playing off the bye week My next idea is just to talk to Andy Reed. It, it, Andy Reed that never
0: loses off the bye week Just call him up. What's the secret? I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I I agree wholeheartedly. I believe that's probably what happened. But look, there's a day that you can have on on that Monday, have an entire practice of fundamentals, an entire Mm -hmm. practice. That's all you do. You don't have to put any game plan. You don't have to run any team prep. Just do all fundamentals. If you want to get your young guys fundamental reps, that's when you do it. I go, but when you start getting later on in the week, you have to start prepping for the football game. You got to get your guys back into it. Because, look, guys that are playing are wanting that week to relax. And you want to get them rested, but it's a football season. You can't relax. You just can't relax.
3: Nope, you can't. Tim, uh, you know, I stayed back on this one. I'm not going on the road right now. And there's some advantages to that. You get to see the game a little bit better uh, because you actually have replays and you can rewind and do all that stuff. But what you don't see is the stuff away from where the camera would be pointed. And that would be kind of the the body language, the approach, what you saw in warm-ups, what you see from Will Howard throughout, you know, while they're lining up or going out on the field. Did you notice anything out of whack um, early on in, in covering this game?
1: Uh, no, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, that Jacob Parrish didn't make the trip. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the most, the earliest sign that that things uh we're going to be maybe different than, than, uh, than we originally thought. Um, but aside from that, I mean, everything seemed relatively normal. Um, but then uh, kind of the first sign that like, well, wait a minute. They go out for that first drive. They, 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 they win the toss. They choose to receive and they go out. And for the first time all season, they stall out and they go three and out start the game. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like from there, they were pretty much stuck in the mud um, until mm-hmm. Will Howard broke that 70yard touchdown run, and things never really kind of got up to a, a speed that you know, was you know conducive to them actually coming back and, and winning. But as far as like sideline stuff, uh, not really, I, I, I it, things felt relatively normal.
3: Yeah, it. it I, I just can't explain Will Howard, Brian. Uh, he's had, he played with such confidence last year when he shouldn't have had confidence, but he knew he was a good player. He came out and played like an elite quarterback at times. Even when he had problems at West Virginia or against Alabama, maybe, maybe a little bit there, you didn't see his confidence give out. I thought his confidence just melted in this game. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I can't make these throws like I did last year three interceptions is unacceptable, but boy, that pick right before halftime probably decided the game.
0: It did. Mm. Um, and, and let's just, let's put it, all the cards on the table. Will Howard has not played well this year. No, you know, that's the whole thing that people, I don't think they just want to say because we won some games, you had some good stats, but you shouldn't be throwing those interceptions against Troy or SEMO. Now SEMO, I guess he got hit. I get that, but, but you shouldn't be throwing those kinds of interceptions. You know, and the way that he's doing it, forcing balls where guys are absolutely not open, you know, just almost like he's panicking. I'm just going to throw it here and maybe my guy will make a play. Well, no, they're not. And the other teams are making a play. And it was the epitome on Friday. It's just bad decisions. Now, here's the thing. Will Howard played lousy. He, He just did. But my question is why? Why did he play bad? And I don't think it's all on Will Howard on why he played bad. And that's my whole thing about Mm -hmm. this was a poorly coached football game because we put the kid in position to throw the ball that many times when you knew that he was having an off day. And, look, I know the running game didn't get 500 yards rushing, but when you figured out a way to run the football, and they did figure it out, they didn't do it enough. And they kept throwing it and kept going back to the run game. I'm like, I get that you're not going to get 10 yards a carry, but if you get four, take the four and go to the next down. And we wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. We just wouldn't do that. I thought there were opportunities to run. Look, the run game got shut down early, but once we figured it out and, hey, we got to run the ball with the quarterback, they don't have enough guys to the line of scrimmage or, hey, how many times, and I know you guys saw it, how many times did they have four or even, or five guys in the box And I said, check to a run play and just run it. I go, I don't care if it's third and five. Just check to a run play and run the football. And if we don't trust our senior quarterback to be able to do that, that's a bigger problem.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh, Glenn, this has been marvelous because you keep freezing. Sometimes you're in really awkward poses. Uh, I tried to screenshot one, but you moved right as I took it. Uh, Yeah, you don't have the best connection. But, yeah, that this – this team just didn't look like they were even understanding what Oklahoma State was doing at times. They just couldn't grasp what was happening, and it seemed to spiral on them, and the confidence all went. But, look, when your senior quarterback is playing that way, I know people want, it, want to make a quarterback change and let the freshman have the, the helm here, but I do feel like maybe a possession off might have helped Will Howard, you know, gather yourself young man, because mm-hmm. if this guy makes the plays, he's going to keep playing.
2: Yeah. I think a couple things, Brian, when you're talking, you said he just hasn't played well this year. I think Will Howard would be the first guy to tell you that. So I don't, I don't feel bad saying that because I think he knows that. And he, he owns up to that. Second right. thing I would say is he didn't, we talked about maybe the coaches didn't put him in the great spot. He didn't get any help from his receivers. He he really oh, didn't. Geez. There were That's there totally were drops. Yeah, yeah. We, we get to that. We don't have to right now or whatever. But there were oh. drops. There were guys running routes, uh, maybe half Um, I don't know if we want to have the Philip Brooks conversation, but um, when I rewatched the game, that was my biggest takeaway. He 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 looked bad, and I'm, I don't mean to be mean or call anybody out. He just he did. He had a really rough game. His receivers didn't help him at all. Fitz, what you talking about, getting Avery in there or not, climbing post game said one of the reasons I think they didn't because it was such a loud, crazy road environment night game, they were using, I think, so many signals for play calls and audibles and everything that they were doing that maybe it was a little complex for, for a true freshman to get in there. Um, and, and the other thing I did want to clarify, he said we thought about go into Avery or something like that in the postgame press conference. And I, I think most people assume this, but I want to be clear, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he said he meant we're gonna bench Will. He he right. meant we thought about putting him there for a few drops, not even a few drives, a few snaps and and giving Will a break or just a change of pace type of deal. He didn't mean we thought about sitting Will down for the game. No. Anyways, I I don't know if that would have hurt or helped. I don't think it would have hurt. The offense just couldn't get anything going so it couldn't have made it much worse. No. Um but yeah it was uh, a game of of miscommunications all over the place. There two of the picks, it looked like Phillip Brooks and Will Howard just weren't on the same page and and he they were he was route than Will thought he was apparently. Um you had the fourth and goal where they went for it and, and Hayden Gillum snapped the ball when we were ready for it. I don't know what what happened there, but um the offense, Ooh. it it there there was probably nobody that played great on the offense. Trayshawn Ward looked okay in his return, I guess, but mm-hmm. that's about it.
3: Didn't play enough, if you ask me. I thought he was better suited for this game than – Yes. I thought DJ Giddens was perfect for UCF because they can't tackle, so he can run through those tackles. But I thought Treshawn Ward's uh, elusiveness was more suited for this game, and he just didn't see any action. Uh, Tim, as you slowly fall out of frame – Yeah, there you're back. Uh, uh, The receivers suck. I'm sorry. I said it out loud. They just aren't playing very well. They can't be counted on. Yeah. Um, Keegan Johnson has been a bust so far. Whether it's injuries or or between the years, I don't know. At this point, don't, who cares? I mean, you got to get more from the receivers. You can't be mm. a passing offense with with receivers that don't compete for the ball, don't mm. run routes hard, don't don't let the defense know. Well, the ball's not coming to me because I'm just going to jog now. You can't do that crap, mm. and they're doing that crap.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think that probably the, the solution is try new guys, get, get some yes. of those fresher faces out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, guys like Jace Brown, guys like Trey Spivey, um, you know, people who are actually going to want to try if the ones that are out there aren't going to, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, it is puzzling. It really is um, because going into the year, you know, you would have thought that Keegan Johnson mm-hmm. is going to be the best thing that we've seen at receiver at K-State since Tyler Lockett. I loved mm-hmm. it. Just by the way that he talked up. And that had to have been true. So many people said it. So I just don't know, like, it, it, if it is injuries, why is he playing at all? If it's not, then what? what's happening? Because it, it makes no mm-hmm. sense. I agree. Brian, I, yeah, go ahead. It, it was just – it was hard to watch. And it, it there
2: were plays w- – with Philip Brooks specifically, there were plays where maybe you expect a, a freshman or a redshirt freshman to make this a sixth-year senior. There was a play where Will ran the RPO, and he, and he had to push him in the back and say, please block for me. And I, I – I, somebody said that was an effort thing on social media. I – I don't. I think he obviously thought they handed the ball off to the running back. So it's not that he like didn't want to block and and, and he just didn't know Will had the ball. But you should be blocking. What if DJ Giddens or whoever it was went through the line and got, there, and now you're jogging to the sideline and the guy that you were supposed to block runs to the middle, and makes a tackle that makes it a three yard gain instead of fifteen. Like, the it, whether it was the route running or the blocking, it wasn't just Phil, but uh, just, but, um, it was just mistakes that you don't expect those guys to make and and then uh will like we said will wasn't on the money but uh, the the few times where he did make good plays uh sometimes they were um neutralized by by poor receiver play
3: god the look on your face right now is great on this frozen (laughs) screen it's fantastic (laughs) brian The the defense um in fact i got a screenshot that yeah there we go um is it still like yeah, yeah, you're it still is. frozen. Uh Brian, turn my Wi Fi off. The the defense, how do I don't want to say this? Was passive. They mm. they didn't line up and attack Oklahoma State. They kind of nope. sat back in soft zone or soft coverage and let mm. Oklahoma State. They made Alan Bowman look good. Yeah. And Alan That's Bowman, I uh, I mean, it's kind of like me. It takes a lot <laughs> to make him look good. Um, and he looked his numbers at the end of the day were not great, uh, but he was able to get enough done through the air as K-State just kind of seemingly watched it happen. It was painful.
0: Well, I mean, and look, I, I get that you're two corners down and you got right. guys out there that that aren't used to being out there. But at some point in time, they got a scholarship to go to Kansas State University. So at some point in time, they were in a position and played – at a high level well, go out there and play at a high level. I don't care that this is your first time on a football field as a cornerback. Stop giving guys 10 yards of cushion and backpedaling when they're all they are running are slant routes mm-hmm. and you're just giving them. I, I just, it's unbelievable. And for and as much as I, again, I blame the players because at the sooner or later you got to have some pride and just say, I'm going to stop letting this happen to me. And what are the coaches looking at? can a coach get and say, hey, get up in his face. Stop letting this happen. Do this, this, and this. I know you're nervous. I know you're scared. But you can play football. That's why you're here. Just have that conversation with a man and and change the dynamics of what these kids may be thinking out there. Because you could see it on their face. They were scared to death. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where the coaches have to come in and say, hey, look, you got this. Okay? Stop giving them this. Make them do something different. Cut off a Mm -hmm. route. Go up and make a tackle. Be physical. I go if, mm. if it's effort, I'm going to take you out. You know, mental plays, whatever the case may be, but I don't want to see you not have the effort. You know, if you don't know what you're doing because you haven't been out there, I'll accept that. But if it's physical and you're just not giving the effort mm. or you're you're too scared or nervous, then you can't be on the football field. And we had too many guys out there that were playing like that and just didn't want to tackle anybody. It was no. embarrassing.
3: No, Tim, the, the defense played soft. They backed up, let Oklahoma State have some underneath stuff. Meanwhile, over on special teams, we're watching them fair catch kickoffs in the field of play. Oh. I feel like the coaches told the guys, we're going to play soft. We're just going to be soft in this game. We're not going to attack them in special teams or defense. The offense is going to kind of be a muddled mess. Uh, again, we can criticize the players. And a lot of the people we criticize, keep in mind, our fifth, Or six-year seniors, or in Will's case, a fourth-year senior, that didn't look invested or engaged. But when you get this message from coaches, we're so bad in special teams, we're just not going to try in a lot of areas. Yeah, they blocked a a field goal that didn't do, yeah, just didn't add up to much. But uh, I feel like this. Does indeed, as Chris Kleiman rightfully said after the game, comes down to the coaches and it sits on their lap. And and I think when he got back and watched the game again, he realized we failed our team and our team failed us. It starts with the coaches.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I I probably couldn't said it better. Special teams, especially, it's 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 almost like you're not watching K State anymore. I mean, it, it, is, yeah. it is it is it's bizarre. It's bizarre to not, you know, to not have a, you know, a kicker that you can trust, to not have a return game that you can. Tr- I mean, it's just so ingrained, and you have to, you know, that I, I know I, I kind of said this before. What's what's changed recently? Who has left the staff? Who has joined the staff? What has that person changed? What has that person been allowed, you know, allowed to change? Mm-hmm. Uh. Because when something isn't as ingrained as kind of this K State special teams identity for decades now, uh, to have this big of a slip in a year, I mean, I, you know, I, I was fairly young, so I don't remember a lot of the specifics of the Ron Prince years, but even during that time, Sean was still on staff, things were still kept on that side fairly in, in, in motion. So I, I just, it, 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 it's just, it, it's confusing. And I don't, yeah. I don't get it.
0: I don't get it. I can, it. I mean, I just know what I see and, and what I experienced as a former player. And it's pretty, pretty simple. Not enough frontline starters are on special teams. They're worried mm-hmm. about guys getting hurt. And you can see it mm-hmm. out there. When when we were out there, and then not just the years that I played, they, there were frontline starters that were on the kickoff coverage. They are on kickoff return, punt return. There were lots of front line starters that were on those units. Now, I'm not saying every guy, but minimum seven guys of front line starters were out there. That is not the case anymore. Nope, and, and it's not even necessarily too deep. I don't believe. I mean, it's guys a little ways down. Look, we're trying to win football games, people. Everybody it's not participation. Everybody doesn't get to play. I'm mm. sorry. That's just not the way that it works. You got to get some frontline guys out there. If you want to be special on special teams, then be special on special teams. Uh, yeah. Were you guys going to get mad at me if I point out that KU had a
2: punt return touchdown yep. for the first yep. time in nine years with Sean Snyder on the staff and Bill Snyder in attendance? I mean, yeah, no. It's not uh, a coincidence.
3: It's not a coincidence that their punting, kicking, and uh, holding has gotten drastically better, but I'd like to congratulate the coaches that. Coach the actual return game uh, for doing a good job because he didn't do that at K State. He did not. Um, yeah, K State had the block field goal. We got one good special teams uh, play. It was, it was it was a beautiful block field goal. It was nice. Seek Marquis Siegel, baby. It was, I know well, that was the
0: maybe the best point in the
3: game. I, I mean, did
0: we move the ball an inch after that though? I
3: don't. I don't, I don't think so. I don't. I was. I don't <laughs> recall. Let's take a little break now, and after the break, we're going to. Get into what's next for K-State as they head off to Texas Tech for the second straight road game, night game, blackout, which is kind of weird. I suggested they wear all whites, which I know they won't, but what the hell? You you can't blame the jinx when you just stunk so bad. Uh, And then we'll get into some of the other stuff that went on in the Big 12, including that KU win that was so convincing against the UCF program that has just gone in the crapper. And of course, there was that game down in uh, Dallas we'll probably talk about. It turned out it was pretty good. We'll be right back on The Insiders. For you watching, if you're watching right now, don't go anywhere because this this is like nothing. We'll be back.
2: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast.
3: And we're back. It's like magic. Um, look, it 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 was a bad day, Friday for K State football, but you get the extra day. You got your ass thoroughly chewed from what I'm told uh, in the Veneer Complex on Saturday. Coaches, players, everyone. Uh, I, I I guess Chris Kleiman just let it go, man, and and that's good. They needed that. Uh, but now you go to Texas Tech and Brian Hanley. All of a sudden, Texas Tech's playing better. Yeah, they, they are, and maybe they never played poorly. They just caught some teams like Oregon's pretty darn good, and and maybe they just didn't look good coming out of the gate. But um, this is a challenge. This this was the road game. I thought they would lose, not Oklahoma State. Right. Now they have to win it, don't they?
0: They do. They do. Um, and Texas Tech looked good. Now I know Baylor's awful, so but Texas yeah. Tech looked good. Uh, I watched a lot of that game. They were the more physical football team, and they just battered Baylor. Um, So K-State's going to have to get it together and and play this game uh, and turn it into a physical football game, I believe. Uh, They can win. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things, and we were mad, and and K-State played (laughs) lousy. But they're still talented. They are Mm. still talented. That's the thing to remember As bad as they played against Oklahoma State, they can flip it around with some hard work and good preparation and a good game plan. They can go to Texas Tech and win. And make no mistake, Tech is playing well. Turns out that loss at Wyoming is not so bad now. It's not so bad. So, you know, Tech has got it figured out a little bit. Uh, And like you said, they caught some teams. I mean, they played Oregon It's good. And Mm -hmm. they played them to eight. So, I mean, I I think – this, again, again, is a game that K-State can win. They just have to go down. I think they have to be the more physical football team, though. I think they just have to go down there, do what we do, um, play a lot of inside smash mouth. Yeah, yeah We got to throw the ball to the outside, but you know what? If our receivers just aren't going to make it happen, then let's just do something different. Like I said, a good game plan and go down there and win a tough game because it's going to be tough.
2: Yeah, There's, looking at the schedule ahead of the season, that, to me there was two games that you probably circle on the calendar and say those are t- your toughest two games, Is it's at Texas and at Texas Tech. Yeah. And, and maybe we got away from that a couple weeks ago because we were like, well, maybe Texas Tech isn't going to be that tough of a game. I still think it's going to be. And then they, they looked really good last week. And they said Baylor's not great, but that game we and, go. And they blew them out. And so yeah. this is going to be a really tough game, but it feels like K-State needs it because you, you hope that the state game is just a goal and very rude wake up call, and that they, they have a get right game. But if you want a get right game, it doesn't feel like going to Lubbock is, is what you pick out of the bunch.
3: No, no, Tim. I assume you're going to Lubbock. <clears throat> uh, just a beautiful drive. Um, it's I'm flying <laughs> so, uh,
0: oh, oh, yeah, wow. no, uh, big time, oh,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. yeah. first right. class, too.
2: Probably, <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> wow, the, you know, the, the best that that MHK can offer.
3: So, yep. Um, well, congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, my I guys are driving person. cause I'm a cheap ass. I, uh, I don't and if it uh, were my money. I'd be driving, but let's, let's put it this way. If I was going, we'd be flying. Uh, but I'm not going. So they're driving. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. What a horrible boss. Uh, but Tim, they, they, they need to go down there and simply play pissed off. I don't care about yeah. the X's and O's. They need to be pissed off at themselves for what happened in, at Oklahoma state.
1: And you, and you could tell the 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 three guys that, that we got media wise after the game, Will Howard, Kobe Savage, and Austin Moore. There was a real quiet. Um, I'm going to leave this room and punch a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Feeling to all, all three of those interviews. Um, you know, I I have not seen anything that 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 leads me to believe that you know Chris Kleiman given a week can't get these guys to where they need to be uh can't can't rally a team. Mm-hmm. I mean they've been they've been down much much worse than this and have kind of found a way to kind of dig their way up in, in in the past. Um I also wonder speaking of Wyoming, does does Chris Kleiman call his old boss and just say, hey, what what did you see at attack? tech? What what worked out at at Craig Bull? I mean, does that does that is that connection worth anything here? I'm curious. That's a
3: great point. Yeah. And, and how about Craig Bowl? He's kind of going yeah. to Wyoming. Yeah, he <laughs> you kind of thought maybe the old guy was just cruising into retirement. And here they go with a big win over Fresno State. Uh, and let's take a look around college football. And we got to start in Dallas with a great game. It really was. Mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma. It was an entertaining game. It was a pretty well played game and Oklahoma showed me what I needed to see to believe that they're for real Mm -hmm. Uh, because I hadn't seen anything to really indicate that. You can't assume that from beating SMU or Cincinnati or or Iowa State. Beating Texas, that stood out. I I still think Texas is the better team, but I thought that's how Texas handles things. They knew they were the better team and didn't have to get it done, but uh, Oklahoma's for real. They have one challenging game, at least that I know of, left on their schedule. It's Kansas. Uh, they they could just run the table here, Brian Hanley, and be possibly the most unknown 12-0 team going into the postseason.
0: I believe it. Um, look, I, a lot of K-State fans still mad at Brent Venables. I told everybody before the season, I said, when he gets his guys in there and they buy into what he's doing, the guy knows how to coach football. Yep. Let, let's just call it what it is. The guy knows football. Uh, so Oklahoma, although they hadn't played anybody, uh, they did bring out a lot of stuff that they hadn't shown, which I thought was going to be the case because, they, again, they hadn't played anybody. Well, what's the reason <laughs> to bring all this stuff out? They brought it out against Texas, man. And, again, you're right, Fitz. Texas is better. Man for man, they have more players. They have better players. But, again, it's, it's Texas. And, you know, you have those costly turnovers when you don't have to. And then, oh, you had that goal line stand where – Three times in a row, you basically run the same play. I'm like, what are you doing on the goal line? I'm like, even if you're going to run it, run it a different way or do something different. Nah, we're just going to keep running it right here and see what can happen. It's just, I don't know. But OU, I think our biggest fears were answered on Saturday that OU and Texas are far and away the best teams in the Big 12 Conference. Far and away.
2: It feels like it's going to take something – Unexpected or special to to keep it from being those two teams uh, meeting again in Arlington. And I think that's worst case scenario.
3: You know, going into that. Yeah, going into that (laughs) Oklahoma State (laughs) game, if you're K State, you're assuming you're going to win. And look, the media and the fans get to assume whatever they want. They have no impact on the outcome of the game. Um, You're assuming there's going to be a win. And then you need Texas to beat Oklahoma to kind of, you know put you in a better position even if you lose at texas the oddity of this and this sounds absurd after watching oklahoma state just outplay k-state when they're bad but if k-state wins out they're in the big 12 championship now because of the loss for texas but that requires you not only to win all your games (laughs) but also go to go to texas and win Mm -hmm. but it it does tim offer you a talking point the locker room we still control our destiny we didn't have this control last year mm-hmm. no. we didn't we we had to rely on someone beating texas for us now we're that someone we can do it mm-hmm. um does that play well or is that, is it just such a mess coming out of that let's just we got to worry about tech and screw this all all this big talk there you went again. <laughs> I, I swear that it was fully charged. Okay, <laughs> maybe you just soak up a lot of light.
1: Maybe that could be true. That could be true. I am. I am very white. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that it, it, it is kind of a nice, uh, a nice carrot, I guess, for for this team because they're to 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 continue the horse metaphor. They're going to get whipped this this week after their performance. They're they're going to feel uh they're they their lessons are going to be learned. Um but to kind of be able to say hey everything that we want mm-hmm. is still there for us to take. We have to go take it. We have to do what we know we need to do. But it's there. Right. Mm-hmm. We just have to take care of our business. We last week was unfortunate. We have learned so much from that. Let's use that. Mm-hmm and help it drive us through these next seven weeks um, and, and then get, get to where we want to. And then this will just be a hiccup on on, on the road to a uh, you know, back-to-back appearances in the a, in a, in a title game. Whether it works out like that, I have no idea. But it is definitely something that I think you bring up.
3: Glenn, um, as a backdrop to all of this, which probably uh, magnifies the frustration of Kansas State fans, is that KU looked so good in beating a look? Let's just say it now, it's a bad UCF team. Yeah. Uh, they, in some ways, K State exposed that awful running right. right. ability inability to tackle. They've had injuries on top of that since playing K State and then losing to Baylor, which is awful themselves. And they still won at UCF. Uh, but Kansas looked put together. Yeah, um, and and I I think that was a little unnerving for K State fans to think that among all the games you have to win, you still got to go to Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the year, and that looks pretty daunting.
2: Yeah, if they played this weekend, I'd be willing to bet that K State would be an underdog in that. Oh, game. absolutely. Uh, and uh, they look they ran for three hundred ninety nine yards, guys. I I mean UCF can't tackle; they it's can't, awful. and and that's going to lose them a lot of football games this year. But Kansas realized that. Jason Bean completed eight passes in the game and they scored 51 points. I'd be interested to find out how many times this team scored 51 points or more and completed eight or less passes. I not many. I mean that that is crazy. They just ran it down their throats and um yeah, Kansas looked really good. They have a, a one two punch at running back. I I thought that game might go that way because Devin Neal but specifically to me even Daniel Highshot just runs through guys. He runs through guys who can tackle. So I thought when he played UCF guys who can't tackle, it would be just not even fair. And that's exactly how it went. Um, Kansas right now looks like the third best team in the conference probably right now. And I'm not saying that, that K state can't compete for that spot or, or higher than that spot, but um, they looked really good. And uh, now they go to Oklahoma state and um, they try to avoid, the trap that K State fell into, I guess.
3: Yeah, they've been warned. Brian. Yeah. Thoughts on
0: KU? KU's good. Yeah. First of all, KU's gonna go beat Oklahoma State. They're, yeah. they're gonna go That's win right. that football game. Mm-hmm. Uh and KU's good. Um, and you that you know coming from me, Fitz, that is tough for me to say. <laughs> that is tough for me to say. But KU's good. Uh, they got it figured out. Um, I think they got to get their quarterback back uh if they have any chance of beating OU. Um, because they're not going to just be able to line up and run the ball and beat OU doing that. They're going to have mm. to to do it through the air some. Uh However, it doesn't mean it's not possible. Uh, But uh, KU's got a good football team. That That's the thing. And KU's defense is what is better. Their defense is better. We talk all mm-hmm. offensive numbers and they ran the ball. It's KU's defense that is going to win them even more football games this year. Um they they're just a better team man they use the transfer portal to their advantage like they should like everybody should yep and, and you know and they they're just they're a good football team man there's not there's not a whole lot else i can say about <laughs> it because you you lose your 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 preseason big 12 quarterback and it doesn't look like they've really missed a beat now against texas that was one thing but then you go and you run for 399 yards against somebody and complete mm-hmm. eight passes with your backup when you would think all they are doing is stacking the box against you, it's just Kansas is a good football team, man. Yeah, they are. If you're watching on YouTube, no,
2: you should not go back and screen record Brian saying Kansas is a good football team. Don't do that. And don't tweet do that. that at him. That would be don't me. Do that. You shouldn't do that. You definitely shouldn't tag him. If you
3: do do that, don't do you yeah, send don't me instructions that. on how to do that. <laughs> uh, I feel like, uh, and, and this isn't meant to discredit KU in any way. Cause they're, they're, really playing well but I feel like right now KU's following K-State through the landmines they're through the minefield mm-hmm. like they, they followed the path K-State said against UCF just run the ball just yep. just line up and be physical um and and now because of that they've seen that K-State did that and won but then K-State went to Oklahoma State and thought hey we're a big physical badass football team uh, and stepped on a landmine and now mm-hmm. KU can avoid that at Oklahoma State um, and, but I feel like Lance Leipold would have his team ready anyhow, but, um, they're, they're in a great position. They really are, Tim. Uh, Thank it's, you. it's impressive to see what he's done.
1: Yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, the depth was, was the thing that, that, you know, people were still concerned what wouldn't be to a big 12 level. And that, you know, has not, it could still rear its head. There's still a lot of season left to play, but that has not been an issue yet for them, which is which is impressive. I mean, the, the, the transfer portal really is the great equalizer as far as teams kind of getting themselves to, uh, you know, competitive and in KU's case now beyond competitive level. I mean, they had a the, the couple of key pieces from the end of the uh, Les Miles era and just kind of, bolster and build around that
2: and mm-hmm.
1: you know now in our top 25 team and by the way that law that loss
2: in austin ice this might be a hot take i stand by that i'm not saying they would have won the game that game goes a lot differently if either Jalen daniels plays or if they know the, day the week of that he was out right. they found out i think about 45 minutes to 90 minutes for kickoff that he couldn't go and that's really late to find out you're changing your entire game plan to play with a different quarterback. And I know they got beat bad. The 41 14, I think was the final, but if you watch that game, they're in it in the third quarter. It they, was that, late. That, yeah. They pulled away late and they scored yeah. some garbage time touchdowns. They were in that game when they found out they were gonna go with a completely different quarterback and game plan, 90 minutes to kick off. If Jalen plays, or even if they knew that Jason was going to play all week. Oh my gosh. They, I, I'm not saying they would have, but I think they would have had a chance to yep. to hang in all the way and win that game.
0: Well, they also panicked on that fourth down play. They should have punted the football in their own territory. And they went for it and fumbled. And I'm like, yeah, you got to punt the football. And so, yeah, it was, they were in the game late into that, that football game. So I,
3: Lance I like hold. and Jalen Daniels have a really incredible relationship uh, but right now, if I'm Lance Leipold, I'm almost tempted to name Jason Bean my starting quarterback. We're just, we're going to take this off the table. We're going to prepare with this guy. Cause I feel like if Jalen Daniels is healthy, you can put him in and he's going to do his thing, but Jason Pete needs the game plan. You know what I mean? He needs the structure. Um, he's a fine quarterback. He showed it on Saturday, but he's, he's not the dynamic guy, but I'd be almost say, you know, we're going to prepare with him. Yeah, uh, because your back's unpredictable. He's the starter for now. If you're ready, let us know. Uh, I I feel like they almost are at that point because this could be continue to be a disruption in the in what's an otherwise really sound locker room.
2: And I wonder be. if that is happening behind closed doors. Yeah. They're, they're, maybe they're not going to say that, but maybe that that they haven't said much about Jalen, and they've just kind of said uh, no update. And and so I wonder if in the locker room they're saying, "Hey, Jason's the guy, unless we hear otherwise." For now.
3: Tim, do you think he has like highlights of him sitting on the bench on his Apple Watch necklace now? Come on. Sorry.
1: Sorry oh, look. I... And there's me celebrating after that touchdown. And, oh, yeah. Look at me. I'm such a good teammate. Look at that.
3: Um, <laughs> meanwhile, let's talk about well, first of all, K State plays TCU next week in Manhattan. Uh, if you forgot, K State actually plays home games, uh, apparently a month in between, but they don't, don't play
2: afternoon act- games, though. No, they
3: don't. They do not play afternoon (laughs) games. That'll be a 6 p.m. game at the Bill against a TCU team that just lost and looked awful at Iowa State. Brian, my, how the mighty have fallen. Um, And I will say this. Someone pointed out that really what's going on in the Big 12 right now is bad quarterback play outside of the Big 2. Texas and OU, they know who their quarterbacks are. They know what they're about. Everyone else has some uncertainty right now at quarterback, unless I'm missing someone. And and that includes TCU that just hasn't gotten good quarterback play. When last year it was all about the quarterback. Yes.
0: Yeah. TCU. Look, everybody thought, and again, football people, I think knew. I think real football people knew TCU lost a ton from last year. He bring back three starters from a team whoever ever heard uh, bringing back three starters and you're still going to be the 17th or whatever they were coming back. And I'm like, come on, man, what are we talking about? You know, and they lost guys NFL guys. They didn't just yeah. lose and, and a bunch of people graduated and you know, they, they were good college players. They've got guys that are playing in the NFL right now that were on their team mm-hmm. last year. And I think people overlooked that point. Like, TCU had a team of pros. They were good and Mm -hmm. they don't have that this year and quarterback play. First of all, we got to talk about the coach because if you remember that Duggan was not the starter coming out of camp last year. So making that decision and basically the guy getting hurt to turn your season around, I'm like, what are we talking about here? You know, so, you know, it's just sheer luck that they lucked into what happened last year. But, man, they are, you talk about just falling off a cliff, falling off backwards with no life-saving device at all. I it, it mean, it was bad last week for TC. It was bad. But,
1: hey, at least, you know, the controversy of bringing in Kendall Bryles was worth it, though, right? <laughs> it was worth
2: it. I was wondering who going to well.
0: say it, man. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to say. I knew we wouldn't get out of here without that. Oh my goodness, just brutal. They they're terrible on bad. offense. They are they are bad on offense, man. Yeah, and we knew they weren't going
2: to be what they were last year, but this is worse than we thought.
0: I think at least worse
2: yeah. than I thought.
3: Oh, and this whole conference is such a muddled mess. But it has also proven to be what it's always been in the Big Twelve. You can't count on a damn thing it's, it's
2: fun i think it's fun it, i it like it. it's like yeah glenn i like horrific it. and fun at the same time yeah. it's fun until it happens to you right like you see it yeah. and right. you're like wow look at tcu go and then you go to Stillwater on a friday night and you're like this sucks. i hate football man <laughs> sucks
3: <laughs> so true well let's wrap up shop here uh it does anyone have any final thoughts like uh tim you actually playing a home game in a week which is kind of i miss him i they, they mm-hmm. just left town, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like a dog ran away. I just,
1: <laughs> I do miss him. I I I really was counting on a uh, an eleven o'clock kick because I just wanted to do happened? stuff in the evening. <laughs> and so I know happened. I kind of agree. <laughs> now it's now it's just like home away. It doesn't you know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy all day anyway.
3: I I want to point out that uh, remember last year Oklahoma was bitching a lot about all the eleven a.m. games. Uh, I think one of the great ironies is, and and maybe this isn't factually true, but it's my observation that I think now SEC is getting the 11 a.m. games just in time to get Oklahoma into their their fold. (laughs) Uh, And the Big 12 apparently didn't get them anymore. It's crazy.
2: Hey, Fitz, I'll I'll end this on a a real wild card here. But you watched Sunday Night Football last night. The 49ers look like the best team in football. I don't know. Some people say it's Shanahan and the offense and his system. Other people say Brock Purdy looks really, really, really good, and I just wonder how did Matt Campbell only win seven games with that guy? Yeah, how? It, well, if he's, it, again, it could be Shanahan, but if he's that good, and then Brees Hall looks really good too, right? And so you're you're like you keep in these Iowa's it's probably good for recruiting that they go pro unless those recruits say yeah they are really good in the pros. What? Why didn't yeah. you guys your six bowl or anything? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go back the year that they played for the championship. They had nine wins, and they had a bunch of NFL guys. Yes, they, had, they did. They had an NFL quarterback, receiver, running back. Defensively, they had some studs. Yep. And that's what he got out of them. And uh, yeah, I I think the shine is off the the Campbell penny, um, and that's <laughs> that's fine with me. Boys, I appreciate it very much. This was a weird episode. The host didn't have the graphics upright. Uh, Glenn has been frozen in a position for most of the time. Uh, Tim fell into the dark. It's like medieval. And, Bri- just and, Brian,
2: and Brian said something nice about KU. What is going on? we well, got to stop.
3: We're going to go away now. We oh. appreciate everyone watching, whether it was live or on replay or listening, our audio-only version on our podcast network. I'm Fitz, and we will be back. i got to figure out where my bright button is. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Insider's.
2: Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.